0: Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. Money FM 89.3, it's now time for Sports Minutes with Elliot Danka and Ziaul Raushan. Raushan, do you believe that at the workplace, when you have foreign talent, working with foreign talent, that raises your game?
1: It depends. It depends on the level of foreign talent that comes in, what function they serve. But generally, as a rule of thumb, I do believe they bring different ideas, different cultures, different
0: setups. And I think there is things we can learn from them. How about this scenario? Um, Is it better to have foreign talent here in Singapore in our workplaces, integrated, or is it better if we went overseas, like say in radio, imagine mm. if we were working for an Australian radio station mm. or a UK radio mm. station. Sure, we might not be able to dominate the way we do in our own home ground settings, but which would be better for personal growth?
1: I almost feel like taking ourselves out of our comfort zone brings more personal growth in that sense because you're not just in a new work environment, you're a new environment entirely and that gives you or forces you out of your comfort zone and therefore you're more inclined to pick up stuff. But that might be a personal opinion because this uh, foreign talent thing is fairly touchy in terms of a topic. eh? Yeah,
0: I'm always of the thought school that, you know... It's not a case of they being here to take our jobs. It's are we doing enough to take back our jobs or to wrestle? I mean, it's it's a healthy competition. And at the end of the day, you got to raise your game, right? Well, I'll tell you what, the same thing works in sports. Remember, way back when they said if English players continue staying in England, they're not going to learn. If they don't bring in foreign players, they're not going to learn either. And look
1: at the Premier League now. It's full of foreign oh. players and the English Premier League is probably one of the best leagues in the world.
0: That is true. Well, Singapore is trying to learn from that and build a better League. We're going to speak to a guy who's uh, published like, what, 10 articles over the weekend? I think so. He's been working
1: overtime, putting us to shame, but it's great that he found time to be with us on this uh, Monday podcast. Deepan Raj Ganesan, thanks for joining us in the studio.
2: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So was it 10 articles? No, right? Ah, That's actually not true. (laughs)
0: Spoken like a true reporter. But I guess to start us off, it it is all about the Singapore Premier League and this project that they call Unleash the Raw. To set things up, could you tell us what's the game plan here?
2: Yeah, so so first of all, Unleash the Raw was uh, launched in 2021. Uh, Essentially, it's a plan to uplift Singapore football. Uh, So under this, there's different layers like the Singapore Premier League, uh, youth football comes to mind as well. The game plan is basically that Singapore football needs to improve. I, I think yeah. that's the, the baseline. that There that, that is an urgent need to revitalise, rejuvenate yeah. Singapore football. So under that, there are multiple layers that you got to look at. And I think what's important is that the team behind UTR recognises mm. that. Mm. There needs to be a plan in place. So for example, I think the one main problem that we have is we don't have a talent pipeline. Mm. Yes. And the first thing that uh, Eric Chua, who is, of course, Senior Parliamentary Sec, uh, and also the Committee Chairman of uh, UTR, said that we need to fix that. And to fix that, what they're doing is creating a pathway where they're taking care of a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, all the way down to when he, he's eventually, he or she is ready to play for the national team. Yeah, And I, I'm heartened by that because I definitely look at the youth football structure now there is no structure. Yeah. So you've got to create a structure and, and hopefully these best uh, dividends or, or results are down the road. Mm. Yep.
1: Yeah, it is a long-term project in that sense where you talk about getting the young ones involved in the game and then hopefully developing them, right? My question is, yes, there seems to be a plan to allow an ecosystem for these young ones to grow, but what about the buy-in from parents? Because that's something we seem to struggle with rightly, right? Getting parents on board to gear their kids up as athletes. So mm.
2: I, I think the, the parents is, is a big, big factor because uh, at the end of the day, you got to convince them that you you need them to buy into this project. Mm. So I think, for example, the scholarship that they have announced, I think that's great because basically what you are telling the parents is that, look, we if your kid is talented enough, we are willing to support him, not just in his football endeavours, but in his studies as well. So I, I think for UTR to work, parents need to accept that Sports, not just football, sports can go hand-in-hand with studies. It's it's being done elsewhere. It's being done in US, in Australia. It's part of the system. So why not us? I think it needs a breakthrough. At the end of the day, before there was a Joseph schooling, no one thought that a Singaporean can win an Olympic gold medal or even belong on the world stage. We need a breakthrough where someone who can do well in his studies and football makes the breakthrough And parents will come in straight away, I think. Change of mindset, change of culture. So some new developments
0: over the weekend. Could you expand on that a little bit, the reason why you wrote so many articles?
2: Yeah, so I think it's been uh, just around the two-year mark since uh, UTR was announced. I think the the first two years saw a lot of the foundations being laid down. For example, the Schools Football Academy uh, and, of course, the partnerships with Borussia Dortmund and Mm. La Liga. But now I think it's where UTR is saying, look, we've already set the foundations. Now, basically, we want to saw. So I think the the pathway that was set up is very important to to for parents to visualise, you know, what kind of pathway the kid has, yeah. and then the scholarship again, it's a it's a very very it's never been done before, by the yeah. way, yeah. for the, the essentially the government to say, look, we are going to support you in your endeavours overseas, uh, and and why overseas? I think that's an important thing to look at. I think what you guys were talking about earlier, you cannot force an environment here immediately. You mm. need to send them to an environment where it works. And that is Europe, right? That's Europe or North America where you can train and study at the same time. Uh, that's important. And also another big thing is the return of the Lion City Cup. Yes. So uh, we we will remember watching a very young Donny van der Beek uh, and, and his Ajax team playing here. Yeah. yeah. So, so yes, there's two things about the Lion City Cup. right? One is you get to see future stars from your Ajax or your Atletico Madrid mm. or whatsoever. Mm. But you also get to see the next generation of our Singaporean yeah. footballers. I think Singaporean footballers at that age need something to aspire to and we need to see them uh, early on and also it's for them you can train all you want but you need a gauge you need a gauge of where you stand amongst all these top other other teams and we will get to see that later this year and, and I'm quite excited for it.
1: I think Deepan hits it the nail on the head right, by saying they are going to send our kids abroad to gain that foreign experience but also bring in the likes of IX here so we can learn from that proper structure as well. Now, one eye-catching quote that emerged from your article, Deepan, was we are making tonic soup, not instant noodles. I love it. This is Senior Parliamentary Secretary for Culture, Community and
2: Youth, Eric Chua. What did he mean by this? First of all, when, when he said that, immediately I knew that was going to be my headline. Uh, so, so what he means is that I, I think people cannot expect results overnight. Mm. Uh, at the moment, yes, we must accept Singapore football is not doing well. Can it do well in 10 years' time? Time will tell. But you need to give them time and space yeah. for it. Yes, I know it's hard for, for football fans. I'm not just saying Singaporean football fans. Football fans cannot be patient. I mean, we we are all Manchester United fans. <laughs> no, no need to bring that <laughs> up, but sure. We, <laughs> okay, bias. <laughs> we, we are not the most patient bunch either. Yeah, yeah. And I think for when you're talking about youth football, let alone club football, youth football is where you really, really need time for a change to take place. Right now, if you talk to me about the Singaporean national team, there's not much you can do to change the levels at the moment. Mm. Uh, especially Even if they are like in their 20s, there is really not much you can do. But we're talking about these kids who are 10, 11, 12. You can change the system. You can get them to play more football weekly, which is very, very important. Get them playing in a proper environment and then things will change. So basically, what he is saying is, give us time don't judge us for what we are putting out now. Judge us when the results come 10 years later. Are we too selfish as Singaporeans where it's
0: all about the five Cs, you've got to have the education, you've got to make the money? So my father used to pass this comment, which I'll share here: How to go? Work up, early morning, wake up, eat nasi lemak, drink kopi, you should be training. What if we took these kids with potential away? Put them in a school. You live there five days a week. You know, You eat what they tell you to eat, proper diet. You work. You, you study, you train. Are we willing to make that sacrifice?
2: Look, essentially what you're saying exists in the Singapore Sports School, right? Yeah. You can control an environment in a school. You cannot control a boy or girl's environment brain, outside. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That comes from basically your culture, the people around you and your upbringing. And the problem that we have, and, and it's an important thing to address here. You can have all these plans in the world, but if you cannot change the culture of the players nothing is going to change. So parents are the most important Parents here. are the most important. And also for you to realise your dream of playing professional football, there are sacrifices you've got oh, to yeah. make. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Rauschen will know this. We, we cover the Singapore Premier League extensively. Mm. Are they the most professional bunch? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can look at them. You can you follow them on Instagram. You, you see the kind of food that they eat. You see the kind of lifestyle that they lead. That's not what a professional footballer does. So... This change needs to take place from an early age. They need to know what to do when they grow up and that needs to be a permanent thing.
1: Yep, certainly the cultural reset we are looking for is going to take not one, two years. It's going to take at least 10 years in my opinion and we cannot be too quick to pass judgement, right? Now, the plans you talk about will address the long-term issue, hopefully, fingers okay. crossed, but a quick fix is slightly needed to get fans on side, no? Because, as we touched on, Singaporean fans tend to
2: be fair-weather fans, so is there a plan to at least spruce up the Singapore Premier League slightly to get fans on side? Yeah, so from what I understand, um, the Singapore Premier League officials and UTR officials are speaking to some of uh, the foreign clubs in this region. Uh, why Why are they doing this? Is because... I don't think you can just add in a local club from, for example, the, the ones that have been sitting out like Warriors yeah. or, or these clubs and then say that they will add quality to the league. Because where do the players come from? It's going to be from your local ecosystem. Mm. I think the short-term fix, and they have accepted that it's a short-term fix, okay. is to bring in foreign quality. Basically, the, the reason for this is because, you look, when the, the, the Singaporean players from the national team play in international games, they cannot match the intensity yeah. because week in and out they are playing at a very very low intensity. So mm. how does intensity go up? You bring in foreign teams to raise the standard, mm. and then your foreign players in your local clubs also need to be of certain standard. And this is a problem now. And I'm very very keen to share about this. When local clubs sign foreign players, uh, most of them anyway they sign foreign players who is recommended by one of their old older players. Mm. Okay. So you you end up with players. Uh, who, you, who are really not your your foreign foreigners that you want to be playing in the Singapore Premier League. It's usually the guy's friend, the guy's neighbour, yeah. uh, the guy's long-lost friend. And this does not help us. So you can put in all kinds of uh, requirements for more foreign players, but who are these foreign players? That's what is important. You cannot just sign a foreign player for the sake of it. And there needs to be a mechanism put in place to ensure the foreign players are of quality. It's a bit of a half-half sacrifice because you bring in these foreign teams, right? They're
0: going to play at a certain pace our national players are not up to speed. So you're going to be willing to get thrashed week in, week out before you slowly learn mm. and the curve. But then these foreign players, you want to make sure that they stay at that very high standard. And maintaining a high
2: standard is not by playing with people of lesser standards. So it's asking for a lot. Yeah, it's, it's asking for a lot. But I think that it's something that we need to do because okay. right now the quality just isn't there. Mm. I, I think you can, you can look at games and you can see that intensity is really not at where the you, you can watch a, on a Saturday you can watch an English Premier League game I know it's an unfair comparison yeah. but the levels of intensity it drops to when you watch the Singapore Premier League it's, yes. it's almost sometimes it's a different sport and mm. that cannot happen yes. so we need this foreign injection so as to speak just to ensure that the quality goes up and in the meantime, the pipeline hopefully you know is churning out better mm. talents, and one day we will see a much better Singapore Premier League with lesser foreigners.
1: I like Deepan's point a lot about bringing in foreigners for not for the sake of it, but to actually add value, right? And hopefully more will be paid in terms of scouting, in terms of bringing in the right talent to raise the game as a whole. Now, Deepan, I have to ask you this, and don't think I'm being negative for the sake of it, but I have to put it out there: we've been here before grandiose plans, white papers, press releases, reporters working overtime over weekends. How will this be different?
2: Yeah, so so that's a, a very important question. And look, I think the way I choose to look at it is this. For the last decade or so, uh, a lot of the plans have been looked up by FAS, the Football Association of Singapore. So I, I think it's a bit stale, you know, it's the same team, same people looking at plans and, and how to basically improve Singapore football. The same people who brought Singapore football down to where it is today shouldn't be the ones responsible for taking it back up. So I appreciate the fact there's now a new team, which is basically this Unleash the Raw team. I think they've got good people right there. Mm. Uh, you've got Ben Tan, who, of course, was the CEO of the Thai League. He has he, He's a key reason why the Thai League is where it is today. Mm. One of the best in the region. So I think there are a lot of fresh faces. I think there are a lot of ex-internationals being brought into the conversation so I think with all these key stakeholders being part of the conversation, I think we we, we have a better chance. Uh, where, where previously it was FAS, it was a very small team, people from the inside who were looking at the things. I appreciate the fact there's a new eye looking at it, yeah. new hands. And hopefully that brings better results.
0: Mm. Well, I urge you to go check out uh, the articles that uh, Deepan wrote over the weekend. They're really quite fantastic quite in-depth as well. Uh, you can simply go to straightstimes.com, go up to the search button and search Unleash the Raw or search for Tonic Soup. <laughs> You'll definitely find them. Uh, Deepan Raj Ganison, who is sports writer for Times. thank you so much for your time. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app.